Welcome to today's podcast by Preacher, as he provides sound teaching on the pure and undiluted truth of God's Word, with life application that inspires you to live a holy life pleasing to God. We pray that these teachings will inspire you to live out your faith daily with confidence, be assured of your salvation in Christ, and God's unconditional love for you. Our scripture reading this morning will be taken from the book of Joshua, the first chapter, and beginning in the first verse, and finishing with the the eleventh. After the death of the Lord's servant Moses, the Lord spoke to Moses' helper, Joshua, son of Nun. He said, My servant Moses is dead. Get ready now, you and all the people of Israel, and cross the Jordan River, and to the land that I am giving them. As I told Moses, I have given you and all your people the entire land that you will be marching over. Your borders will reach from the desert in the south to the Lebanon Mountains in the north, from the great Euphrates River in the east, through the Hittite country to the Mediterranean Sea in the west. Joshua, No one will be able to defeat you as long as you live. I will be with you as I was with Moses. I will always be with you. I will never abandon you. Be determined and confident, for you will be the leader of these people as they occupy this land, which I promised to their ancestors. Just be determined and confident, and make sure that you obey the whole law that my servant Moses gave you, do not neglect any part of it, and you will succeed wherever you go. Be sure that the book of the law is always read in your worship. Study it day and night. Make sure that you obey it, obey everything written in it. Then you will be prosperous and successful. Remember that I have commanded you to be determined and confident. Do not be afraid or discouraged, for I... The Lord your God am with you wherever you go. Then Joshua ordered the leaders to go through the camp and say to the people, Get some food ready, because in three days you're going to cross the Jordan River to occupy the land that the Lord your God is giving to you. Lord, help us to understand uh, what this scripture is saying to us today. Three times in our scripture this morning, the Lord said to those who were his people, uh, just be determined and confident. Just be determined and confident. Just be determined and confident. I guess the Lord really wanted Joshua and his people to understand uh, what he was really trying to say uh, to him. Well, keep that in mind as we think together this morning. And if I had a name to call this, I'd say, Showing Your Potential. Uh, There was a scouter that has grown up now, and he is a minister and has a church out here in the southern part of our town. Some friends of our church here visited him one day in his congregation, and they sorted that off branch. You don't want to fool around with them too much. But anyway, uh, they brought some, uh, as, as I really appreciate you doing, you bring to me bulletins and share with me things that happen in other worship service. And they're really meaningful to me. Let me assure you that they, that they are. And, and this story comes. This young preacher is telling a story on himself. 
fit it into his sermon some way or another, which I have forgotten the title, but, but I remember the story because it fits so beautifully here. And that is, he said, when he was in grade school, there was a boy in grade school, every day that he would come home, this boy would take his frustration out on him and beat up on him. And after a while, he would come in and tell his father about this boy, uh, that uh, he'd have to run coming in from school because if he waited around, this guy would catch him and just really beat up on him. And so after a while, after he told his father this several times, his father said to him, because the father was a very wise father and didn't want to get involved in his son's dilemma at that point, and he said to him, so son, why don't you show uh, this uh, enemy of yours uh, your potential? He said he didn't know what his father was talking about. And so he went through this thing a few more times, and, and one day he got his courage up and said he lit into that guy just with such a determination and with such vengeance that, that he just got in some real good licks, and said the guy got some good licks on him too, and hit him upside the head here, and his eye began to discolor a little bit, and, and said but he made this guy back off and leave him alone. And said that night at the evening meal, the father, his father looked over at him and, and said to him, Jim, uh, what's wrong with your face? He says, well, he said, I showed my enemy my potential today. <laughs> <laughs> now, I do not know of a better description to say what God is saying to Joshua and to his people. And inasmuch as God made this promise to Joshua and his people, he has made it to us. The promise that God made to Joshua and to those people of long ago has not been withdrawn. Do you know that? It is still alive and vivid today. Did not the Lord Jesus Christ tell us when he was here upon the face of the earth that he would be with us even to the end of the way? And was it not the experience of the Apostle Paul to say that he was sure that neither height nor death, the powers, the principalities, now things present, nor things to come will be able to separate me from the love of God which is manifested in and through the Lord Jesus Christ. Saying one and the same thing, you see. Showing your potential. I wonder if you really are as an individual and as a church. Well, let's go back to our scripture now. We're so familiar with these passages that uh, that we probably overlook some of the great meaning, some of the great comfort, some of the great encouragement that God has here for you and for me today. Now we recognize this scripture coming at the close of the life of Moses, and they are standing again at the promised land. They had stood here 40 years before, almost the exact spot, ready to cross over uh, the, uh, the, the river here, and the Jordan River uh, to go into the promised land. Now, 40 years before, they stood at the same place, and they had moved from Egypt to the Jordan River, and they were ready to take the promised land that God was given, giving to them, was given to them. It's in the present tense, you see, giving. And they came to that point, and at this place, and they made the greatest mistake that that generation ever made. And the mistake they made was to select 12 spies and send it into the promised land to spy it out and to see what it was all about. Now, 
the mistake that they made is a symptom of a greater sickness uh, that was at the pit of their very heart and their soul, you see. They did not have to send the spies. You see, they only sent the spies simply because uh, they had broken faith with God. They simply did not trust him to do what he said that he would do. That's very difficult for me to understand that. When you think what God had done and how well that he had provided for them, for them to do that. But you remember they hesitated. And because of their hesitation for that generation, that opportunity was gone forever. Because you remember the Lord said that no one of this generation will enter in to the promised land. There was only two there that day that did. And they were the only two that said, we can take the promised land. You see, sometimes the crowd is not always right. And that was Joshua and a man by the name of Caleb. Now, 40 years has passed, and now they come back to this place, and they stand here again. It has a great deal to say to us, I think. And that is, you see, when we try one time over a situation about a thing, and it doesn't work out the way that we want it to work out, we're almost in a position to say we'll never try that again. Or we can hear people said, well, that's been tried once and it's failed. Uh, why do we want to go through that effort again? Have you ever tried to do something and failed and mark it off completely and totally with no experience, learning nothing from it, and never to try it again? Well, in some situations, I suppose that that would be good. But in many of the situations, it becomes a tragic situation as far as life is concerned. I had called to my mind again this past week about a young man that I have forgotten his name has given someone gave it to me on a piece of paper and gave to me this story it's a true one I had read it before and forgotten it and now I I filed the paper away so so carefully that I can't find it but maybe you will remember his name but in the one of the eastern colleges and universities of ours, there was a young man in a math class doing some graduate work. And one day he was late for class. And while he was out of the class, the professor, to start the class with, had written on the board three problems. And he had said to his class, now these three problems cannot be worked. There's no answer for them. And then he went on with his lecture to the class. Well, somewhere after the professor made this statement, this young man came into the classroom and took his seat of being late. And he listened to the rest of the lecture. And as he looked to the board, he knew uh, that this professor had put their homework on the board, and so he copied down these three problems. And he went home over the weekend to work them. And he worked, and he worked, and he worked. And come along somewhere on about a Sunday before the class was on a Monday, he had solved two of the problems. And so he went to his professor and he said, Professor, he says, I've worked two of these problems, but this third one, I just can't do anything with it. And to the professor's absolutely amazement that this young man had actually solved two of these problems. But you see, he wasn't there when the class started. And he hadn't been told yet there was no answer of all these problems. And he found an answer. 
And out of that, the finding of the answer for those two problems, as soon as he graduated, they tell me that he was offered a great professorship in one of, one of our great universities here in this country. Well, it's no wonder. But you see, he hadn't been told. We can try something, and then it fails, and someone tells us it can't work. And then we just drop it. Wouldn't it be wonderful? Wonderful ideas that God said to, to Joshua three times. And, and just a real short statement here. Uh, be determined. Joshua, be determined and confident. You see two things involved here. F first, there has got to be something inside of me. The determination to do what God has called me to do. And the confidence that I have in a living God. You see. There's a promised land for you and for me. You know, dear friends, let me say to you, this is not far off talking. When God created you, he also set up a promised land for you. I don't know what it is. I have no idea. Maybe it means for some of us it would be a great education as a possibility. Or maybe it's a great profession. I don't know what your promised land, but there is something that God has set for you, and the only way that you're ever going to experience the greatness of life is to soar across the Jordan River and to enter into the promised land and take it as God assists you to take it. You notice it's in the present tense. God is giving it to you, but it's something that you have to respond to God with. And without your response to God, there could be the greatest promised land that you could ever possibly dream of that flows with milk and honey. But you'll never know what it is until at last you come to the place where you are ready and willing to accept the responsibility that you have under God to take it and make it your own. They wandered around for 40 years. Well, may not all be bad to have a time... Uh, when you can be free of the thinking of a slave and, and come to the wonderful understanding that you're free and that you have a living and a wonderful God that loves you and has prepared for you in a most wonderful way, a most wonderful way, whether it be an individual or whether it be a church. Can't we wander around as a church? You know, I, I, I wonder what we will do as a church here, perhaps three years from now, uh, when we will have the indebtedness on this church completely taken care of and it will stand debt free I wonder what we will do in all probability be one of the most critical times uh, within the life of this church what will we do the descriptive words of God here if you'd read on about Joshua said you have lacked for nothing there was a fire a pillar of fire by night and a cloud by day. And I think about us as God has blessed us. And what other thing could he do than he's doing? Blessed us in a most wonderful and a most beautiful way. It must have been nice to have been there at the foot of the mountain. Uh, where uh, they were encamped. I can think at the foot of that mountain the climate was rather nice. And down where they were was no snow. Further up on a mountain, perhaps, but not down where they were. And they were people who depended upon their flocks uh, to uh, feed them and take care of them. And I can imagine they had the most fertile land that you could have ever dreamed of right there. They had all their needs taken care of right there at the foot of that, uh, of that mountain. 
But God comes to them at this place. They're so comfortable. And says to them that you need, you need to, to move. You need to go. There is a, another place that I want you to be. And this is not the place regardless of how good and how wonderful it might be. Now you think about that for a while. How many of us have said, or you've heard someone say, well, I don't want my children to go through what I went through. They have it so wonderful and so comfortable right now. And you see, when we make that statement, couched within that statement is the very undoing of our young people. Because you see, the thing that has made you what you are today is the discipline and the sacrifice and the thinking and the courage and the faith uh, that you had to muster in order for you to be what you are today. And is it not so that today that we turn our young people uh, loose in this world uh, when they're not even capable of making a decision and are not up to a situation mentally uh, where they can discipline themselves as they have to to be able to do something creative and dynamic in this life. What a tragedy. What a tragedy. The $64,000 question, I suppose, do we think that we have arrived at the place where God wants us to be? Or is there still more work to do for you and for me for us as a church and for you as an individual as you continue to live. Well, this wondering was not all bad. It gave them a time to think and to think about what they needed to do and what they ought to do. But what a crucial time it is. It's a very dangerous one because you see at this time the vision begins to fade and our hope grows dim and our courage begins to ebb away and our call to be a person of God and a people of God and a servant of the Lord Jesus Christ begins to dissipate itself. I am thinking about a man and his wife that I had the privilege to be their minister. And he came to the age of retirement. He retired and, and turned all of his assets here and turned the, disposed of everything he had and turned it into cash. He and his wife were going to Florida. They had bought several pieces of property in Florida and they were going to Florida to live and after he had reduced all of his assets here to cash and was ready to leave he had a heart attack and died the day before he left and I thought for a long while well what a tragic situation that really was and then I began to think differently and think what better way for a person to go to be with the Lord, having plans still unfinished. Here upon the face, one of the saddest people that I have ever met in my life in the process of dying was my old uncle, and I loved him dearly. And he knew he was dying. And in visiting him one day, he said the hard thing about dying is simply this. He says, you cannot make any more plans. Oh, if God would favor me and favor you, I would think then he would let us make our plans down to the end of the way 
And even before we realized the last ones, he would say, it is finished, you come. I have better plans for you uh, than you have made uh, for yourself. And that would be wonderful. If you had been there that day, at the foot of the mountain, in this beautiful climate, in this beautiful fertile country with all of your cares and everything taken care of, how would you have voted that day if it had been put up to a vote? To move to pack up, to tear your tent down and get ready to move when you knew full well that out there in the future you were going to be in a place where you were going to be without water and some of your animals would actually die because there was not enough water to go around and you were going to know what it is to have your tongue to swell within your head because there was no water. And add to that, you know there's going to be a time uh, when your stomach was going to be so empty uh, that you couldn't think of anything else but food. And you knew of a time that would come that you'd move through a part of the country that you had to go through to get to the promised land that was going to be filled with snakes and they were going to be poisonous ones. They were going to be everywhere. And they were going to bite you. And some might die. How would you have voted that day? Would you have voted to do it again? When you knew full well that your forefathers before you 40 years before had failed you know the most amazing thing is that they tore their tents down and they packed up all their equipment and 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 got their flocks together and their little ones together and headed across the Jordan River isn't that amazing isn't that fantastic you see when you do something like this I'll tell you what it will do for you I'll tell you what it will do for you and you can count on it you can count on this happening just as sure as there'll be another sunrise tomorrow. There's another thing about this uh, that is sad. Because you know the, the, the group that belonged to Esau, the great family, great clan, and his group did not want to go into the promised land. They didn't want to move. They didn't want to go with God's people. And you remember what Joshua said to the people now? Don't hassle them. Don't you fight with them. Don't you take anything that they have. You leave them alone. If you need food from them, you buy it. If you need water, you buy it. You leave them be. And the scripture says that they went on toward the promised land without these brothers and sisters. That's sad, isn't it? We find that around us everywhere, especially when they're in church. It calls for sacrifice. It calls for determination. It calls for commitment. It calls for, for us to lay our life on the line. There are some who will not pay the price to get to their promised land. But those who are willing to pay the price, let me tell you in closing what's going to do for you. When you show your potential, uh, you will truly reach your promised land and your soul will be filled in an awesome way with the presence of the Lord Jesus Christ. And from time to time, your very soul, your very heart will be set afire. And you will not need anyone to tell you about the nearness of the Lord Jesus Christ. And you will not be in doubt about who he cares for and who he loves. 
and you will come to know that you truly are the apple of the Lord's eye. And you will come to the place where you know within the pit of your soul where it is the most important that you have eternal life today and the kingdom of heaven is available to you in eternal life at this very moment. You won't have to have anyone to tell you. You will know because of the assurance that you have within your own heart and soul. And your soul will never know a day again when it's not in the hand of a living God. It will never know another day when it's not in the hand of a living, loving God. And this will happen if I will be determined and confident or if I will show my potential in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. My friend, it's just that simple or just that profound. Oh, our Father, may we hear again this message that came to thy servant Joshua long ago. May it be rehearsed within our ear again by our own spirit until at last we come to the place uh, where we are committed to it. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Thanks for listening. Hope you were blessed. We pray the Holy Spirit will make you a doer of His words, finishing the work He started in making you more like Christ for the transformation of this world and preparation for heaven.